This is Bench Time with Todd and Brett Wiley from HOScaleCustoms.com. Bench Time is a model railroading podcast that focuses on the modeling side of the hobby, where we focus way too much attention on the small scenery and structure details of our layouts. Each week, we'll cover topics from tools and scratch building to current projects, and we'll also share our mess-ups and triumphs with modeling. Not that we don't pay attention to the trains either, we just get all excited about the realism of our scenery. So sit down, you fine scale freaks. We're about to dive into the details. Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode six of HO Scale Customs Bench Time Podcast. I think we made a mistake. When I was announcing episode five last week, and I called it six, I can't count very well, so you'll have to excuse me. It wasn't my uh, strong math; wasn't ever my strong point. So that's uh, that's our blunder. So this week we have a lot of cool stuff coming up. Um, I know Todd has some cool things he wants to talk about. We're gonna have some cool features where we talk about signs and how we print our own signs and where we get them and kind of our resources for signs we'll cover some small detail parts that Todd has um, he's been itching to talk about I'm sure and I know he hasn't worked on them in a while but they're pretty cool they're little lobster traps and bar mills so keep your ears open for that and we will also go over another tool this week that we want to feature as our tool of the week and we got a couple other things and we're going to start into it right now so right now I think Todd's going to go over his first thing, which is a Seaport Model Works thing you're working on. Uh, yes, I'm working on the Seaport Model Works. Um, hello, everybody, by the way. Um, the Sardine Carrier and Oyster Byboat. I was working on it last week as well. I mentioned it. I now have the cabin on to this and uh, adding all the little tiny detail parts uh, which is really bringing it to life. It looks really nice. Um, I should be putting pictures up of this in the next day or two uh, on our website and on uh, our Instagram, Facebook, um, when I when I completed. I had to do these masts. I had the mast and the jibs and the rig work, but that shouldn't take too terribly long. Um, the drill, the holes are drilled out and everything for it. And I'll talk a little bit about that tonight too, the drill. Um, uh, the, uh, you mentioned the lobster traps that we'll talk about tonight. They are actually made by railroad kits, uh, and not, um, bar mills. Bar mills does have, does have lobster traps. Um, I believe they're virtually the same kind of thing. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, but yeah, I'm working currently on this. This has been a delightful boat. I've built some other boats in the past, and um, none of them seem to have this kind of detail. And I, I'm ready. When I yeah, last week when I mentioned it, I wasn't really ready to to do a review on it because you know, I I wasn't at that point yet. But um, now I will. The details on it are are remarkable. The directions. What makes it neat is. On his directions uh, for this, they add uh, a paint scheme telling you the types of colored paint to use, um, which which paints that he, the ones he used were um, the Americana, 
um, by uh, you know the, the craft store Americana uh, paints that you can get at any of the, the box craft stores. Um, they have a diagram for the boat showing you exactly where everything goes and just remarkable detail on each and every little part, how many there are. So if you, you have like six of one little tiny part and it's on your workbench and like happens to all of us, it somehow becomes missing. And now here it is, you know, you know, you have six, you know, because you don't have to look through the whole direction sheet and reread it for the 10th time to find out you had six six parts okay you'll know right by looking at this so it's easy to keep them organized uh, the directions are well written he gives a history with it um and then what's neat about that history is these boats he actually apparently researches these things i know you were talking with him at the show too brett about this but he does research them because i to to look and vary the color scheme of things and do you know just to get a look at the real boats i google image searched and we'll talk about that tonight too um these oyster buyback boat and the sardine carrier i just punched them into google image search and it popped up there are these pictures that look virtually identical to these boats and these are these are boats that are being used today people bought them and fixed them up and whatnot um it it looks exactly like these the, the way the cabins position where the you know where the uh all, all of your uh, little parts and the mass and everything is all in the same locations he did remarkable research before he built the or before he designed these boats that he cast the resin for. Um, I, I'm very impressed. This is, a, this is a cool boat. This is a cool kit. I'm gonna I'm gonna look into another Seaport Model Works kit in the future uh, here because I really did enjoy doing this. So that's what's on my workbench right now. As far as um, things that are coming up, if I should be able to wrap this up in the next night or two, and if that's the case, uh, I'm gonna. I think my next one is. Um, Bob's uh, Bait and Beer. It's a snap kit. It's called It's a Snap. It's a small kit. Um, it, it doesn't snap together. It's it's a it's a a wood structure kit. But it's called it's made by Casey's Workshop. And I've had it sitting here on my shelf. I've been meaning to get to it. I'm at the point now where I want to build some smaller uh, buildings to put around the waterfront and wharf area or even out on the wharf. I think Bob's bait and beer is going to be perfect for that. Um, and I want to get that done here as soon as possible. So that's going up next. And, uh, so I'll be able to do a little, do a little talk about that next week, hopefully. Um, and then I want to print, uh, paint up some prizer, uh, features, uh, figures, prizer figure figures, the little tiny people. I got hundreds of them. I got to get done. And uh, they, there'll be a nice little break in into my modeling here in the next couple days. But that's what I got. What, what's on your What's on your plate there, Brett? Um, I'm still finishing up, as you guys know, the water for our wharf, and that's about we'll be done with that probably tonight or tomorrow. And then um, on deck, my my next project to work on is the just the free kit that we got from FOS this past fall. Uh, so it's a little one, 
But uh, yeah, that's all I got. I have the free kit, and I'm probably going to do a couple scratch builds. I want to do some smaller scratch built buildings for around the wharf. But yeah. those those will just be random, whatever I can come up with. That's a good so, idea. I'm also right. probably going to be working on placing some of the boats we have in the water. Because I didn't want to put them down until I had everything the way I wanted it with making the water. So now yeah. uh, we're just going to start placing the boats down. And I'm, I don't think I'm going to glue them in, but I think I'll place them in and make the water look ripply around where the boats are sitting and then put, put them back down in. But they're not going to be glued in permanently. Good idea. So um, that's all I got. I have a couple other things. I know we have some things that we're we have coming. Uh, I don't really want to talk about them yet, but uh, some kits that are on the kits that are on the radar, and then uh, just probably some more scratch built stuff. And I'll be putting pictures of those online here in the next couple of days. Right. The uh, scratch building um, for us here at HSCO Customs, Brett is our scratch builder guy. He he's great at bu- scratch building buildings. It's just kind of his specialty thing. I like working with the kits. I do like to do a little scratch building. Um, I'm going to try some here shortly too. Same, same kind of idea. Um, Brett gave me some, some wood to work with here that, uh, I want to try and build a couple things, but, but Brett is our scratch builder guy. He's very, uh, creative that way. Um, that's, uh, that's pretty much what we both have going on. So I guess what we'll talk about here today is, um, the signs. I mean, uh, signs on your layout. Um, any sign that you put on a building or billboards or or such that are around your layout, um, you know, they. I I want to kind of break into talking about what they do to identify, not just to identify the type of business it is, but to give the business a, its own character. Um, it, it it's not so much a a readability definition of what the building is as a visual i think uh, correct me if i'm wrong here but i think it's a it's a visual uh you picking the right signs to match your your not necessarily match the paint scheme but just to match the look or the the, the architecture of the building certain the time so, period the time period and and it it um lends That's to a- uh the design by picking the correct sign. Uh, right. It's just like a hat. You know, they, people say, well, you know, the hat makes a man. It's an old saying. And you wear a certain type of hat. Certain people can wear certain types of hats. You know, the building, if it needs, if it needs a sign or a billboard or something painted on it, um, it, it's, it's, it's hat. It's the building's hat. It's its definition of, it changes know, it what from makes just it. A, a, it changes it from just plain walls with, you know, even if there's features on the wall, like windows or little bump outs and stuff, it changes it from just a plain wall to, uh, it, it gives the building some lipstick, you right. know? Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good. So have some lipstick today. Have some lipstick. <laughs> That's what it is. It, it's a fashion on the show. Peg. It, yeah. is a, it is kind of a fashion show, you know? Right. Right. But, but, um, you, you bring up a, a good point. You were saying that, um, that it, it's it's like it's like a lipstick. It, it, it's just a plain wall, otherwise, and and that's that's true. It, what it, and it can really put a lot of color on a. Oh yeah. If you're painting your if you're painting your building, 
pretty much probably only maximum three colors, four colors at the most mm-hmm. over your whole building. You can print a sign out or put a sign on your building that just contrasts with the color of the building that just makes it just stand out like crazy. So it adds some, adds a lot of contrast to it. Oh, yeah. I agree. And, you know, it's... it. It, it, it tells the name of the business, like, like we were saying, but it just transformed that. It, it just transformed it and given it identity. It just, uh, it also makes it, you know, stand out. It enhances every part of your building. So we'll move on from that, what it is, but, you know, to where do you find them? I mean, before you find them, you have to know what kind of sign you're looking for you have to be able to identify the type of business or building it's going to be it might not be an actual business it might well or or like a store but it, you know it could, might, it could be a feed a feed where a warehouse or a uh, a feed store or uh you know so, something along uh, industrial even um but you know what you want to do is go with the time period i think of your of your uh, model, you know it, what 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 are you modeling on your layout? What time period are you doing the the twenties, forties? Uh, uh, you know, are you doing sixties? You know, modern. You know, so you have to be able to fit the signs to meet your to meet your need for your layout, and um, and then now now of course is finding the sign because if it's a kit you're building and you get that sign, you know it. I've got. I've already started building kits, and you got the some of the signs was was the better kits that are out there are remarkably awesome. Now, what's the downside to using those signs? And I have used them, but Brett, what's your big pet peeve using that sign? I just don't. I I don't enjoy uh, any. Well, I I enjoy kits. I shouldn't say I don't enjoy any kit. I don't enjoy it looking like however many other kits of that were made so if if one of these manufacturers pumps out a couple thousand kits or a few hundred even on a smaller run i don't want it to look like what everyone else built so i i I just try to print different signs out that are the same size as what came with it i'll measure the ones that came on the sheet and then print out different size i mean the same size with different signs because it's it's i don't want it to be that i don't want it to be what everyone else has so, it's yeah, not unique. I, I knew you were going to go there. That's why I had you <laughs> to talk about that. Um, I have yeah, I mean, used it's, them. It's your. I mean, but I, I change. I, them I too. shouldn't say I don't. I don't use them ever because if it's like a pretty mm-hmm. common, uh, the the I did a liquor store. Uh, as an example, I did a liquor store, and the, and the liquor store had some pretty generic, like smaller signs that I did use. But as far as like the name of the store i changed that all up right you know you don't want everything you know let's say let's say joe's bar and grill uh, it's just a, a generic name but it, it's the name of the kit that comes it's joe's bar and grill and there's a thousand of them made you know everybody and their mother has the same sign for joe's bar and grill so you look at a layout and you'll see it on everybody's layout there's nothing wrong with being able to just scrap that idea Go with this. Go with the change. You can even change the type of business that building is, but um, 
you know, change the name out. You know, make it Fred's Fred's Tavern. You know, whatever. Change it up. And to do that, I mean, or or look online and find some other name for your company on science. And and that's where we print a lot of ours from or get a lot of our great ideas is places you can get them. I like to just Google image search and uh, you punch in for, you know, vintage signs, vintage bar signs, vintage, you know, I just warehouse up, signs. I look up just ghost signs on real buildings, like actual... Uh, actual photographs of ghost signs on the sides of buildings mm-hmm. and then I will now not everyone has photoshop and I understand you know that might be a limitation but you can download other free editing programs and what I'll do is say I'm building a say I'm building a brick building a red brick building or a brown clapboard siding building I'll look for a photograph an actual photograph of a ghost sign on a building that is almost the same color and material as the building that I'm working on. So that way when I print out the ghost sign, it's already on it's already a faded sign on a brick wall. So when it's applied to the side of my brick wall that's painted a similar color, it it blends in right away. It looks like it's part of my brick wall. Do you want to explain what a ghost sign is for those that aren't familiar with a ghost sign? Yeah, so if you're not familiar with the ghost sign, a ghost sign is um perfect example if you live on the east coast area near washington dc that kind of area it's uh harper's ferry is a perfect example of a place with a ton of ghost signs it's anytime there's an old typically they're painted on but anywhere where there's an old sign that's either plastered or painted on the side of a building that might have been 60 80 who knows how old the ones at harper's ferry are 150 years old or probably maybe not that old, but you get it. And they're just aged to the point where you can read the text or see the outline of it, but the back of the material that it was painted on is starting to show through again. So it's it's a ghost sign. It's an old relic sign left on the building. Okay. Well, and I think ghost signs look amazing. And um, like you said, dude, I've now, seen some of the ones that you've done. Every, Go ahead. Sorry, I lost your voice. I just said they're not applicable on every situation. You can't use a ghost sign for everything, but, you know, there's places where they work. You can't do your whole town in ghost signs. It's not... You need some newer-looking signs as well because it's a current city. I mean, unless you're you're building an abandoned town, you need need some current signs as well. But another thing that's really cool to do, and I'm going to attempt it on my next scratch build... I might do it on the free kit we got from FOS is I want to do a ghost sign and then put modern signs on top of it. So I'll do a I'll print a sign out that's very faded and very very old and I'll I'll take a piece of fine sandpaper and sand the paper down extremely thin from the back. It probably even rip it. I'll probably rip it by accident, which makes it look better. But I'll apply it to the building, and then I'll print out some modern signs and put them on top of the faded sign. That way it looks like they've since put new signs on top, but where the smaller new signs are uh, not covering the wall, you'll see the old sign showing through. Yeah. Well, I, I kind of did something similar to that on the one hotel that we have on our layout, um, and I have some pictures of that up on Instagram. Um, that is, uh, yeah, overlapping 
even just at the edges or even halfway across a, a sign, overlapping old ones with new ones. Yeah, it gives a great effect. Um, it's uh, signs are something that Brett and I uh, both pretty much we really get into our signs. We love the sign work, and uh, Brett's extremely good at them as well. Um, it's but it's something you take a lot of pride in because if you know when it's done right, it just really really makes the building stand out. And and um, but ghost signs are are awesome. I mean. Yeah, uh, and what we do a lot of, and he mentioned it, is um, we like to make our signs so they fit and sit inside the in the mortar work of the bricks. And um, to do that, like he said, we sand with a fine grit sandpaper. What, what grit you use on yours? <laughs> I knew you were going to ask that. <laughs> I have no idea. I use a two twenty. Uh, like two twenty, or I have yeah, it's a, it's definitely a two twenty. Yeah, but I. I will use um, I will use uh, rougher sandpaper mm-hmm. on the very beginning for just a few passes on signs that I want to make them look torn. Okay, I'll, I'll take a I'll take a rougher sandpaper and I won't do the whole thing. Right. I'll just do the e- I'll do the edges so that way it frays the edges out. But I'll do it very lightly with a rough sandpaper. Mm-hmm. I mean, very light. That way it frays the edges out, and then I will come back over with a two twenty, and I have a I have right. a, a scroll saw on a. You've seen it. My 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 scroll saw has a metal, uh, or my jigsaw, I guess, has mm-hmm. a metal bed, and I'll sand it on top of that steel bed, so that way the paper stays flat on a piece of steel, and I'll sand the back of it, and the steel keeps it extremely flat for me. Oh, that's nice. The um, yeah, I I sand them down from behind. You sand them from the back, and you make them paper thin. I mean, they are paper thin. It's paper, but you <laughs> you sand them down. <laughs> That's a dumbass thing to say. And uh, <laughs> you get them, you get them super duper thin, almost like tissue paper. Um, but you know, you get them to and that. You get holes in them. Oh yeah, well, and when like you, you sand, said, it when makes them look better. It, and the first couple times, don't expect it to look great. I mean, it. Yeah. You're gonna rip them, and you're gonna get mad, and you're gonna swear at yourself, and you're gonna, because you're gonna sand this thing for 10-15 minutes and it's going to look perfect and then you're going to go I can sand it a little bit more get a little thinner you're going to rip the paper and when so, you lay it onto that brick what what we do is we'll put a, some kind of use like a white glue water mix I, I'll put just like a and it's small I'm talking about a, a dime sized piece of a uh, drop of white glue and then maybe maybe a f- one part one part glue to five parts water and I thin it down real th- white glue real thin and uh, I'll paint it on the back very very light amount of glue water mix because so, otherwise it'll make the sign run the ankle run uh, so I just put a tiny bit of water on it and I, I just place it on the clapboard siding or on the brick and then I actually use what we featured in the article the other day I will use a micro applicator and I pull the fuzzy off the end of it, so it's just a plastic point. And I will use the plastic point to run down through all the mortar lines or on the clapboard siding lines. That way, it fits into the wall. It looks like it was painted to the wall. Yeah. I um I I don't use that actually. I, I it's similar, 
I use straight white glue. I don't water it down. I use a very small amount. I smear it on the back with my finger very gently. So, you know, if you go too hard on it, like he said, the colors will run uh, from the ink on the other side. So I will do that, and then when I place it where I need to place it, exactly, and let it sit there for a minute or two, and uh, that, that glue starts to just set, because you like I said, you put it on a very light amount. And then I will, if, if I have a thumbnail that I haven't bit off, uh, <laughs> I will run my thumbnail in each uh, one of those mortar cracks along the brick. Um, I don't like using a tool for that. I, I feel that you you almost are, it's a touch that you force it, and then you'll end up, as you're running it you, with a tool, that you might tear it. I know you use a tool for it, but I, I, I like the feel of doing it with my fingertip and uh, with, yeah. the, uh, with the fingernail. A lot of people do both. I've heard both, uh, both ways of doing that. But then, you know, like I said, I've also, I've also used a, uh, um, a penny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> as weird as it sounds. I've taken a penny and I've rolled it along the, uh, along the clapboard siding grooves. Uh, oh, clapboard siding, yeah. On clapboard, it works. If you have a larger groove that you're working with, you can use right. a, a bigger tool, you got a bigger it, item. But I, I have rolled a penny along just with my fingers real light mm-hmm. to press it into that as I went. Yeah, I still so, use a fingernail on the clapboard. Experiment. And, yeah. I was just saying, to- experiment with it, figure out your tools, whatever works for you. Right. And all, what I like to do also is on those, sometimes I like to take a little bit of a, or make before I put the glue on, put a small hole on, on purpose, uh, like in the center or something that's not going to take away from you know, being the readability of the sign entirely, but so everybody has a general idea what the sign says. Pick a random spot, make it look a little ragged there, and um, and then when you put it on, you'll have a hole in the sign that'll show your clapboard or your brick, and then whatever the base color of your your clapboard is, I will take, and this is part of the weathering process because I don't over weather my signs too terrible much um but i'll take a sponge a synthetic sponge and um i will dry brush with the sponge the original with a very very light to hardly any paint left in it whatever the color is of the original clapboard on you know the rest of the building is what i will use on that area right where the hole is so it'll show, it'll make it look like the clapboard's coming through, and it. And if you go super light with it around the edges of that hole, you'll be able to, you know, make it look like it, a more natural, a more natural worn away paint. Um, also, I'll try and do that around the square edges, the straight edges on the outside of the sign, and um, make it look like that is faded out too on the edges in random spots you know keep your edge but then right. like in the middle of it somewhere you know make it look like that edge disappeared and it's just part of the you can fade it into your into your clapboard or brick and uh, I, I love doing that it looks awesome when it's done right and um yeah that's that's one of the one of the big weathering tools that i'll use you can also use a white or a light color and before before you start fading out to the color of your base and um put that down first and that'll you can lighten out the entire sign 
to make it look like it's super faded. Um, right. yeah, that's that's another trick that I'll use. But those are those are some tricks with the signs. As far as like we were talking about getting signs, some of the places you can go online or are, are uh, you know, Pinterest. Um, I've, yeah, Pinterest is a treasure trove of signs, and I don't know. You can look up model railroading, uh, model railroading vintage signs, and you will get thousands of them, and they are the By most the popular advertisements. Yep. By the sheet. It's some of the same ones you'll get in some of your your kits from the manufacturers. They're great, yeah. Yeah. It's, and it's speaking just, of the... Oh, sorry. It's just thousands of signs. So that's all I was yeah. going to say. I provided no oh. value. I was just chirping in. <laughs> some, some of the signs that you get from the manufacturer that I was talking about earlier, they're just awesome sheets, but you may not want to use them, or you may use them, whatever. Before you Save touch, them. before yeah, before you touch them, copy them things on your on a, you know, take them and put them on your printer or on your scanner, scan them in color, run three or I four of them things off. Exactly for the reason I was talking about earlier, because I will bitch one of them. I will I'll mess one of them up. It's, yep. it's going to happen. So yeah, I, like uh, I said, I I've always, seen. I always copy them because I'll tear. I know I'm a, I'm impatient, so I tear them and. It's bad. So always have a copy. <laughs> you are a patient, man. But um, <laughs> I also, I also save a copy of them because I, like I said earlier, don't necessarily always apply the signs that come with the kit to the kit. But there's no sense in throwing out a good sheet of signs that I might use on another building down the road. So just because I didn't use those signs because I wanted the building to look different from the picture on the box. Mm-hmm doesn't mean I didn't keep those signs. So I have a folder of signs I just kept that I didn't use from kits because I'll probably use them down the road. Yeah. Pinterest was a great one for me when I was doing um, that Dave's um, boat shop or boat, oh, yeah. boat parts and boat supplies. Um, I looked up, like, all your manufacturers. That they, first of all, I went and looked at our time period, 1939 to 1945, World War II, uh, American World War II in the homeland here. Um, I looked up uh, what – I didn't. I don't know much about boats in, the history, in history, so I wanted to look at what – what were popular companies that made were, were was Evan Root around? You know, was were all these were outboard motors used? Those types of things, and they were, by the way. And I found the manufacturers of these companies, and I I found their signs from the 1930s and 40s, and it was so easy. And I printed you know, hundreds of them. I didn't use all hundred of them or whatever, but you know, you you pick and choose the ones you want. And uh, it was really neat because I, I was able to put the correct age sign with the uh, the, the business itself, um, just down to the little small posters uh, for outboard motors and things. And I stuck them on the side of the building and and uh, like like posters. So there's another type of sign. Isn't just the ones you attach one with. Um, uh, to, to make it look like it was painted on, but poster signs, signs that, that you would cut out real small and put on there for, you know, like they would hung lots of posters on the side of walls and such, um, right. overlap them. And uh, for those, I stick, I use a glue stick, just like an Elmer's glue stick, and stick them on with that. They never come off. I've never had one peel off ever. And uh, they're so much easier to work with when you do that. But... 
Um, so yeah, I mean, idea. do your research on this stuff, and you can make you can make amazing stuff with when you when you look into it. And, but uh, Pinterest is a, is a plethora of just all kinds of cool cool oh, signs. Just, and not just signs. Pinterest in general is a. I, I get so many ideas for so many mm-hmm. things I want to do that I just I save a, a I save thousands of pins just because I. Uh, I get a million ideas and I start to get down a rabbit hole that I just, you know, you go down a rabbit hole in Pinterest of ideas and you just keep saving them. And it's easy to get lost in just not just signs, but you see there's people that put pictures of buildings they've built, scratch built stuff, kits that people have done. You can, if you're doing a kit by like Bar Mills or uh, FOS or someone, or, you know, there's a bunch of the big brands of people that post their pictures of their building that they did from the same kit on Pinterest. So, yeah. you get to see other people's ideas. And yeah, color schemes is big on that. Yeah. Here's an ad plug. We are on Pinterest now, so <laughs> you can check us out on Pinterest. Uh, really? Just, I didn't look, even know that. That's pretty look, cool. <laughs> it happened last night. So, as of last night, we're on Pinterest and all of our how-to articles are going to be pinned on Pinterest with the image. Oh, that's so, cool. I didn't even know that. Thanks for telling me. <laughs> hey, news, break, news flash, we're on Pinterest. Uh, um, just, yeah. look up, just look up our name, you'll see us. Oh, that's cool. I'm going to check it out myself tonight. But um, the uh, another place to look is forums, uh, modern railroading forums. And there's uh, like six or seven really good ones out there. A lot of them will have, uh, you know, basically do a search in the forum and you will find people that have added sheets and sheets of signs sign yourself up and join these forums they're not going to send you junk mail you use your email you sign up you i never had a piece of junk mail from the forums there's all kinds of info in there from some great modelers uh don't be paranoid about the internet and and, and signing up for groups like that um you you really are going to become so much better modeler by by going there and just reading the types of things that are there but one of the things that they'll have is they'll have a section in a lot of these that just pertains to signs and uh, they'll have different kinds of signs out there that's the one great thing about model reverie is this hobby is people share their thoughts and their ideas and and everything And, and this is this is no exception i mean everybody if they have a great set of signs that they found that are vintage or, or even modern they'll 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 your mom is playing the tv set like you would it's like super loud we can't hear it don't worry okay so it it's um i can hear it through the wall anyways they they share these things they post them up they say they're saying to themselves wow i got a cool sign here i'm putting this crap on on the forum i'm sharing it with fellow milers so they can use it too you know? But in some of right. these signs, you'll get metal signs. You ever see the ones that were made back in the in the day? They 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 were made of tin, a tin sign. Right. And you'll find them. You'll find clocks, um, uh, thermometers, those types of things. Anything will go on the side of the building like that. Those tin signs. Don't be afraid to put a little burnt sienna or raw sienna in there, and or some kind of rusting uh, powders um, and. And put some put a little tiny little rust dots on those types of things of tin signs. The tin signs they will uh, they will give you that that realistic look to them when you when you when you use the tin signs. I have I have only used a couple, 
but um, you can really sharpen them up. They don't look like paper when you're done. If you weather them up with the, the rust spots and, and pinholes and those types of things, you'll make it look like an actual tin sign. It's been hanging right. there for a while. So um, print them off, uh, printing them. Put, do you use a special paper when you print yours off? No. No? I don't either. I used to just... I, I have good copy paper. I usually try and get a nice copy paper instead of the three ninety six, you know, ream of for three dollars and ninety six cents. That's what we got somewhere. Um, I usually cheap, try. I use El Chico. Oh, okay, that works for you then. And it works perfect. <laughs> okay. I usually buy like a ninety six uh, brightness, and uh, that seems to be pretty good. Um, but you know, that's. Just use your plain old copy paper and run your signs off them. Make sure you have plenty of colored ink. That's where it's going to cost you. And, um, you know, don't print every sign that you find on the Internet. Just save them to a folder somewhere on your computer, and then you can rifle through the ones you have right from your computer and print them when you need them instead of burning off all your ink. Um, that's That's one that's one thing I I do. I have a, a folder on my computer uh, that is just full of thousands and thousands of signs. Um, or like Brett has done many times, he's made a bunch of them, and I did a couple uh, right from his own, uh, you know, a paint program or some kind of graphic program used. Why? Well, I, um, I like your Davy's boat. But, Davy's um, boat. Davy's boat supply. I uh, I remember making that one for your building you made so if you know someone that has photoshop or you yourself have photoshop or an editing program don't be afraid to get in there and make your own signs be creative you know it you'll know one thing no one will ever have a davy's boat supply sign like you have unless they copy it so it's a right. perfect thing it's right. a perfect thing to do if you, yeah, if you mean, have an access to it do it yeah. Yeah. Now the the other the other cool thing uh, with signs is uh, stenciling them, making your own stencil, and uh, you've done that on a few. I have. Yeah. Um, I use stencils that came with uh, some FOS. FOS has put some models out there with stencils, and they worked out great for me. Um, but you want to talk a little bit about about what what you did to stencil yeah, signs on the your building. The stenciling one's pretty easy. Uh, you you just gotta have a you have to have a Zacto knife where the tip of the blade hasn't broken off yet, and you have a square tip on the end of it. But basically, you just uh, find a block letter that you like, find an older block letter online or a font that you like that's thicker and chunkier. That I mean, I think that works best for what I've done, and you print it out. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you print it out and you cut the paper out. It's kind of a two-step process. I might be making it more complicated than it really needs to be, but this is how I've done it. I cut it out of the copier paper and then I put, I taped the copier paper to a piece of cardboard where then I, I trace it again on the cardboard and cut it out of the cardboard so it's a heavier, a heavier cardstock. Or I also have, I lied, I have cardstock paper so i do have some special printer paper it's a thicker stock paper and i will also cut it out of that 
with a Zacto knife. So I'll cut the lettering out, uh, and then I'll just apply it right to the side of the building, and I'll get a sea sponge. And usually white works the best because you typically just see white or black paint on the sides of buildings. And I just I make sure that the template or the the, the stencil is tight against the wall, and I just blot the paint on with a sponge right on the wall. So yeah, but basically, so everybody knows what they're talking about here. You're stenciling on with paint directly. You're stenciling the letters. You're just right on stenciling the wall. on the actual words. Yeah, the letters right onto the wall. And you know, usually they're large, like you know, uh, groceries. Uh, bait, yeah, I did. You a, know, I did a shoe uh, store. For, yeah, that kind of thing. Um, and I right down yeah. the side of the building, I just put shoes, big, huge shoe letters as shoes. So you're not going to get real intricate with it. Yeah. I, you're not going to get it. Really cool. You're not going to be able to do a script font with it. I mean, you might, you might, but it's nah. it's it's tough. So you got to think of yeah. more along the lines of what. You better be good. You like, better be good at carving a stencil. You got to think along the lines of uh, kind of like when you were a kid and you had a stencil that you used to learn how to draw letters, uh, just big chunky letters that works the best. Yeah. So hey, you keep talking. Um, I'm gonna go to the there bathroom. There's something else on the. Okay, <laughs> great. So stick me in the spot here. Um, yeah, we're talking uh, billboards. Another another form of signs that I've done a bunch of billboards. Um, a lot of billboards they come with um, the kits uh, that you buy. Will have billboards. A lot of your better uh, your better craftsman kits that are. You know, uh, basswood structure buildings, um, they will have a, a, a billboard kit that they designed, which some of them are very intricate and some of them are very simple. Um, but then they they put a billboard sign up. They Those are neat. But the neat thing about that is with the billboard and the kits is a lot of them will have a template for building your billboard. And, hey, you, you bought it. It's yours. Keep that template. And in the future, you can use it to make other billboards. It's just a framework of it, and you can put a sign onto that uh, onto a billboard, or use use that template for other buildings or a roadside billboard, that type of thing. Um, you can make a a, a high rise billboard. You know, it's on you know, tall, stilted legs, um, high beams. It raises up real high over a roadway area. You know, there, there's all kinds of things you can do with uh, the different billboards that are out there. But don't get rid of your directions after you build a kit because a lot of times they will have features like a billboard where you can use the use the, the template for it and uh, be able to design your own or make your own. I know Brett's made a couple billboards from scratch uh, just from, you know, scrap uh, – trim work trim trim wood and um you know it's it's that it's very simple uh basic your your basic uh structural billboard uh framework so like i said uh, that's another good way to put a lot of signs on your on your layout make them look nice you know whether there's uh the framework up if it's wood uh you know stain that wood up real real well uh, use your India ink and and uh, alcohol mix, and uh, get some get some you know, old wood looking. Yeah, make it look old. Um, talking like an idiot now. 
But um, no, it's all right. I think it's a good time to to transition to. Uh, yeah, we'll move yeah. on. We beat we beat the tar out of signs. If you signs. have any questions on the signs or anything like that, uh, or anything else that we're talking about for that matter, um, and you don't think we covered it well with the the signs uh, tonight, uh, and you have questions, further questions, uh, yeah, don't feel, you know, don't Shoot hesitate us email. to email us. And yeah, exactly. Um, get on Facebook and send us a message. Okay. So my detail so, tonight. I'm sorry. Do you want to talk about something else? Nope. Okay, my detail tonight is uh, the lobster traps uh, from railroad kits. I haven't even built them yet. I opened them up. This is uh, something I'm going to toy around with. I think while I'm watching TV, uh, maybe this evening. Um, I'm sure maybe a lot of you do that too. Is I won't always be at my workbench or at the layout, and I'll be at you know spending time with the family or when they all finally fall asleep or whatever. Uh, my wife, uh, I I will. After she falls asleep, I'll dig a TV tray out and sit down with something small and see if I can't figure it out and build it. So tonight I might do that. These are lobster traps. They're brass lobster traps by railroad kits. Now they won't be they won't be looking like brass when they're done. They'll be looking like they're wood lobster traps. They're laser cut on these. Um, I guess they're going to be bendable brass. Um, uh, uh, sheets that they have and they're printed on them. I think you get a total of uh, eight traps and I think it cost me $12. I bought them at the show and I think they, they gave me a good deal on them for like eight or something like that. Um, but they're they're really nice and realistic. They won't be brass in color. When you're done, you'll you'll uh, super glue them together and according to the directions, and then you'll paint them with um, some poly sales, uh, poly scale sand or or some kind of um, uh, yeah, definitely want to you want to definitely put some kind of a um, uh, primer onto the things, and then start putting um, well, burnt umber and um india ink and that type of thing over top of your your paint and uh, you will you will give it that wood tone that, that it's supposed to have they will look really nice and realistic when they're done um i'm gonna slap some together here this week and photo take some photos of that and post it up on our website which we've been putting a lot of content up there so um, i want to start putting some content up there for things that we've been talking about on our podcast and uh so i am uh we'll be working on that that's one of the small details that are working on my kit i love it because i've done some other lobster traps not quite like this and they really bring your wharf area uh to life uh your docks and such um any put a couple on the boats themselves uh they always look really really cool and people pick them out right away when they're they're your layout uh, checking out your layout so um, that's my my feature there um, and then of course um, the other thing I want to talk about tonight was the um, or our toolbox you don't have a particular tool this week right no I uh, I honestly haven't worked on the layout much in the last week I was busy and and if you could say my tool would be I do have a tool it would be my my drill because I've been Working on uh, extending that 
part of our layout out six inches. So the only thing I've done in the last couple of days since our last podcast <laughs> was was water and uh, assembling and extending out our layout an extra six inches. So that's all, all right. I've done. Okay. Well, I got a tool. It is also a drill. It is called a pin vise. Okay. And I find this is a very, very, um, very useful tool uh, to have. It's it's for drilling small holes into, I've, I've been using it to drill small holes into this um, resin boat from, from Seaport Model Works to attach the small detail parts because it requires you to drill different little holes and um, and holes for the mast itself on the boat, uh, but also on your buildings, um, attaching street lights and you know running wires and everything else. Well, rather than you know punching a hole in with a, a the point of a knife or something like that, and not getting the proper size hole, you can use an actual drill. Um, it's called a pin vise, and you can order this from Micromark, and the, you know, uh, there's a couple other modeling tool companies out there that you can get them from. The, you can't find them in the craft store. I looked all over the place. I went into AC Moore and Michaels and Hobby Lobby, and I've asked in each one of these stores where they would have a pin vise, and the the workers in these places they just look at you like they're. In from outer like you're from outer space. What is a pin vice? I have no clue what a pin vice is. Um, <laughs> so I ordered mine from Michael Mark. Um, I it, they're not much. They run anywhere from you know six or seven dollars uh, up to twenty dollars for you know a really a really special one. I just bought the cheap one and um, it works fine because the bits that you're using are just are called micro bits. They're just regular drill bits. Uh, but they're they're cut down a little in size and length, um, so they're smaller. Plus, they're very very small diameter of your drill. So we're talking um, when I say small diameter, I'm talking you know one sixty fourth, one thirty second, three sixty fourth, one sixteenth. Uh, I'm going upward. So you know, these are very, very, very tiny drills. They go up to, I believe, a, an eighth of an inch on the biggest one. And um, they, uh, they're they perfect because what you do is you just twist them and put them into the chuck by hand. Uh, you tighten them up just like you would a regular drill chuck. Uh, there's no motor. <laughs> And there's no batteries. And um, you put your finger on the top of it, and it kind of turns and swivels underneath it. So you can just twist it by your finger and lightly turn it like you're, like you're thumb tightening a screw almost into a piece of, you know, into a wood or tightening a wing nut. Kind of like that. Except you're, you're driving your screw down into your model. And the nice part about that is, is you're not putting a lot of pressure on it, and it's going in rather smoothly makes a nice clean hole where you want it to be without breaking the wood on your you know you're talking about where we're, when we build these craftsman kits we're talking about some very thin wood that snaps and cracks real easy with this you can you can apply the pressure needed and uh, you will not if you do it right you should never crack um or you should never crack your wood you should never drill a hole bigger than you absolutely need to have um and it, you'll get a perfect fit your 
your part that you stick in the side of your building will be flopping around all over the place that so you have to put extra glue in to support it. Um, the, you, these are nice tools to have. Uh, you can buy you can buy you know extra drill bits. Dremel makes uh, drill bits for the Dremel tool. Uh, they have micro bits that fit that. They were they are perfect to use in your pin vise. Your pin vise will probably come with its own drill bits. Uh, most likely, you'll probably get like six or seven tiny itty bitty drill bits with them. You're good. It's in the one I bought. It was up to me to figure out what the diameter was, which is a little disheartening. But uh, now I'm using the Dremel uh, bits that actually mark the, the you know what size they are. So um, that's my kit. That's my tool right now. I think it's a very useful tool for modelers. I think it's gonna it's gonna help any modeler out there to have it. I think it's almost an essential. Um, that's my tool on that. Um, do you want me? To, yeah, my how tool, much time uh, we have? My my oh, tool. tool. Well, oh, you're cutting me out here. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm I don't sorry. Have a tool. We just done. talked about that. No, no, no. I lied. We don't have a tool. I got excited. I have a product, but move on. I was going to go there. That's where I was going. Future product. Yeah, do it. No, you do it. You said you have a product. Do it. <laughs> now I feel like a because I because I no, cause I cut going. into that. Keep going. Okay. No, it was me. I cut you off. Go. Okay, well, um, my featured product is uh, Tester's Doll Coat. Um, I, I bought this can about a year ago. I had never really done much with the de- Tester's Clear Coat Doll Coat. Um, it's clear and dull. It's an aerosol can. It is three ounce can, so it's just a little short can. Uh, I picked it up at, I don't think I picked that up at Michael's or somewhere. And the uh the can's about six or seven dollars for the maybe six dollars for the can which is pretty darn expensive um so i only ever bought this one um it goes a long way though people use it and they spray it on their buildings to cut the shine down on plastics or styrene and uh or if they use a gloss paint they want a little heavy on the you know it's maybe too bright for them uh, it's you spray this on it goes on clear it takes the dullness out now there's some things you have to be careful with anytime you use this make sure that you're always checking on a test piece because depending on the type of material or even the type of paint that you use um, sometimes it will discolor it or fade it or give it a light stain in it it looks at times it looks ungodly but this here um, I use it mainly for uh, a totally different reason I have not heard before. Um, the micro applicators that Brett uses, I will take a paper towel. Um, sometimes when I'm putting, just let me, um, when, when I'm gluing things, and I use a CA glue or a super glue, um, sometimes if you put it on a little heavy, you'll get some run out at the side, and you'll get like a little bit edge of the shine to it and it's it just looks awful and then you're like oh man and don't want to scrape it out with a knife because then you pull your paint off and and uh, yeah so you're left with this this spot that you're hoping that nobody sees well i figured out a way to get rid of that and that's by using the doll coat and i don't spray it onto that little edge Uh, usually it's a very thin tight edge when i have to do that i will use a micro applicator that Brett talked about and also put an article up about on our website. Um, and I will, I will leave the, using the, uh, 
the leaving the tip on the fuzzy tip on on a on a paper towel i will spray some of this doll coat onto the paper towel to make it wet and i'll take that applicator and dip it in or spray the applicator tip onto the paper towel and you know dip it into that wetness of the paper towel because you only have a couple you know a couple maybe a minute before the stuff dries out and um I will use that tip applicator and run it, run the doll cape off of that onto the uh, line of uh, super glue that, that left the shiny spot. And uh, do it very lightly, just enough to coat it. Uh, don't have to press down on it because you don't want it to uh, rip your paint up. And then let it dry for a couple minutes and come back and look at it and you will not see that shiny paint spot ever again. It, it's gone. It's like a paint eraser. <laughs> I mean, a, a glue a glue eraser. So it m removes that gl shiny glue spot um, instantly. So that's that's what I use a tester's doll coat for. A lot of people will use it on their model, even on a, a Craftsman kit model I've heard of, where they spray it on top of their weathering chalks. I do never do that. I don't spray, spray anything onto my buildings. Um, I, I'm scared to death to do that. Um, but I, I will, uh, I will, I, I figure once it's done and I, I put it on the layout, I generally don't finger touch it too much with my hands. So I really don't play around with it. I know you don't either, Brett. No, I, but to me, to me, that just sounds like uh overkill. I don't know. It's not like my, that is the only, it's oh, not sorry. like my buildings are sitting in a wind tunnel where all the dust is going to blow off. No, that's the only, that's the only tester's product I have on my entire workbench. I don't own another Tester's product. I'm not knocking Tester's product. I just, as a kid building models, like I've had bad luck with Tester's paints. They always take take the only testers I have and... is the the only Tester's I have is the glue. Okay, yeah, I do, I, I, I'm lying. Then I do have Tester's modeling glue. That's it. So, and I, I don't use that very often either. So, but I'm so, sorry, well, you have my, a product my, now. My product is the. Uh, it's from Casey's Workshop, and uh, I am in love with it. I was emailing him about it a little bit earlier because I wanna. I'm gonna try and get some more here. I'm probably gonna buy a little bit here tonight. I I'm in love with it. I ran out of it. It's not expensive. It's super cheap. You guys are wondering what it is because I keep talking about it for the last 30 seconds and I haven't said what it is, but. I'm excited about it. I was at the show, and he had a sample of it there. Uh, and it's one of my biggest pet peeves with some of the detailing products that come with Craftsman kits. And it's the corrugated paper that comes with uh, the Craftsman kits that look like corrugated sheet metal. For like a sheet metal roof or sheet metal siding. And my problem with what you normally get is how brittle the stuff is, and you, you touch it like four times, and, and it's like falling apart, and then you, you have a bunch of little pieces of this like cardboardy paper broken all over the place. I don't know if you've had that happen or not, but I have, and you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, I've been yeah. So you get that, that yellow color manila paper that's supposed to be corrugated metal roofing, and you paint it, and it bends a little bit, and it breaks. It's and mm -hmm. it's flat. It's it turns into pieces. So, Casey's workshop has more of a. I want to say plastic, but it's not plastic. I'm not really sure what the material is, but basically it's corrugated roofing, just like you'd get 
the the paper version. But uh, his website says it's made by Dr. Benz, actually. But the stuff is awesome. He ha- He's carrying it. It's, it's on his website. You get eight pieces for $5 or $5.89. And I've, I've seen it on the other sites where you get like three or four pieces, and it's way more expensive other places. It's eight pieces, $5.89. I'm sure, I'm sure there's some shipping involved. But uh, it's a, it's just it comes metallic. The one side's metallic. It it works just as good as the other. It works better than the other stuff. It looks just as good. Yeah, and, because it's metal. Well, no, it's it's like plastic. It looks like oh, okay. It looks like metal. It comes, it comes metallic, uh, but it's coated. It's basically a coated paper versus the the weird cardboard, brittle cardboard you get with some other kits. And oh, okay. It's more bendable. It's pliable. It doesn't break. The other stuff yeah. I had would break, and. Uh, it just it painted well. He, I had a white piece. He gave you know I got from the show. It mm. I I I picked it up at the show. Got home, painted it, took the paint right away. It, it just works awesome. So I'm gonna pick up some more here tonight probably because I'm working on a building downstairs that I want to put it on. And uh, I'm just I'm in love with the stuff. So that's my product. And that's I cool. think it works. I think it works better than any other corrugated material I've ever dealt with so nice nice i mean i, I just love it i mean well, i haven't tried it. it i can't wait to i can't wait to see it and you know maybe try it myself yeah it's just i have it, the same like, i have it, the same feels, issue with stuff it feels like really thin plastic but it paints well cool cool so i think that's it i think that's a wrap you have uh, some final thoughts and uh i want to thank everybody myself uh for uh, all the response we've been getting back uh, from our website and the um, our Instagram, Facebook, um, it's been hopping. And, uh, you know, you people are wonderful. We're getting a lot of questions. Um, Brett, do you have anything to throw into that? No, not really. I just hope, you know, everyone enjoys our podcast, like we say every week. And uh, I, I'm excited about the amount of traffic we're getting on our podcast. We, you know... Obviously, when you guys listen, we see that you listen. We're not tracking you. We just get a we just get a play count. But our play counts are going up. Everyone seems to be liking it. We're getting some messages. We're getting some emails. Um, if you want some suggestions to be on the show, uh, like you want a topic to be discussed, shoot us an email at podcasts at hoscalecustoms.com. We are probably going to run out of topics here soon. but Not soon. I shouldn't say that. But... <laughs> Eventually, we're gonna we're gonna be digging for some content. So if you have some stuff mm-hmm. you want us to talk about, shoot us an email. We'll gladly talk about it. If it's something we don't know, we'll see if we can find out an answer from someone else, and we'll gladly either have that person on the show or consult with them and then come back at you with an answer. All right, I think that's a wrap. Make sure you check out our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash scale customs. You can become a patron to our podcast here, get some cool stuff. Um, you know, there's some neat levels you can hit if you hit the different patron levels. Uh, well, we greatly appreciate it. We're trying to improve the quality of our show here. And you can also check out our Instagram page as usual. Shoot us an email, podcast at hoscalecustoms.com. You know, we love it. Keep the feedback coming, guys. And that's about it. That's a wrap. Talk to you later.